we're finishing Mark 12 um, with this, uh, to many people, myself included, fascinating study of demons. Uh, and we're still in the context of Jesus driving out a demon and these other questions. They're all in the same context. And, um, and now Jesus goes on about this. So beginning at verse 43, when an unclean spirit, this is, this is uh, Mark, uh, Ma I'm sorry, Matthew 12, 43 and following. But everything is on the screen as far as the text goes, of the scripture text. So when an unclean spirit has gone out of someone, it passes through dry places, I'll come back to that, looking for rest, but it does not find it. What is the it at the end of that sentence? Does not find it. Rest. Yeah, very good. Uh, so it, it cannot find rest. Um, so what are the, I don't know if there are more. Uh, are, maybe there are three reasons that a demon inside of a person would vacate the person. Number one is the person dies because then it, it, it needs, otherwise that's a rotting corpse and it needs to go somewhere else. Second reason? Driven out. Yeah, very good. Third possible reason? Say it again, Mark. I, I wonder if it's a, a, a more useful body to inhabit might come along. Uh Okay, it's, 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 it's possessed this 95-year-old woman who's now in a nursing home, and now her 8-year-old grandson comes along. Oh, new, new host, you know, something like that. Or somebody capable of greater evil. You know, Heinrich Himmler shows up, and, oh, maybe I can do something with him, you know, let alone the nun. And so, I, I, uh, so whatever might happen. But once it's out, where does it go? Uh, hardly ever do we see uh, uh, the devil or the goblins or the demons. Were any of you not here this week or last week? Did you miss last week? Sometimes Luther likes to call demons goblins instead. It's, I think it's hilarious and belittling. And I just wanted to say that. So, uh, so when, when a demon leaves a person, a, a question is, why would it choose an animal? There, there's almost no reason for it to possess an animal. Um, we see them possessing pigs, but what do the pigs do instantly? They rush horrified down the hill and kill themselves. They're all just dead. Makes me wonder about dolphins and whales that beach themselves, honestly. Um, and then... Uh, uh, and then the one time, of course, then is the snake, right? The serpent. Different issue at that moment. But why would a demon, for example, possess uh, a bunny? When it's just going to live in fear of being caught by the fox tomorrow. You know, a demon probably wouldn't bother with a bunny or a deer. Or, oh, oh Mr. McGregor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about Beatrix Potter for a while. Um, 
So, and, and then why would it inhabit a wolf either? Because a wolf is just constantly on the verge of starving to death and, you know, and so forth. Mark, you got a thought? Oh, I, I assume, yeah, I assume so. In, in a chaotic organization like the realm of the goblins, I, uh, you know, I, I wonder if, 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 I wonder what the goal is. But, yeah, probably do, to do as much evil. Well, anyway, in this case, Jesus says um, it passes through dry places. And obviously we're not talking about hell because the demons don't want to go to hell. They want to go anywhere else but hell. That's their final judgment place. Um, all that business from Hollywood about you know, the devil trying to draw people into his hell is just wrong. That's the devil's prison. You know, and whenever you see, you know, or, I mean, it's, there, there's, there's none of that <laughs> stuff about demons dragging people down. They, they're, they're, they're trying to live up here and, and hide and so forth. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. Right, they don't want it. Exactly, exactly. So, they go somewhere, uh, and in the, in the text, Jesus shows it going into dry places, I guess a desert. No water, no rest, no relief, no companionship, no shade, no bench to sit on, nothing. And so what does it do? It says, I will return to the home I came from I will return home. Isn't that a fascinating thing for a demon to say about a person? And it reminds me of somebody else in the, in the Bible. I was better off there. I'll go back home again. Who says that? The prodigal son. The prodigal son. Uh, and I mean... If ever there was a prodigal that is a wasteful, it would be a demon. Um, so it goes back. And what should it find when a demon has been driven out? What do we hope would be put back in that body? The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But, it, but what if it finds the place empty, as Jesus says, and swept and, and put in order, all cleaned up? I'm moving in, boys. I'm I'm back. Uh, we don't. I don't think we have them in New Elm. Maybe we do. Um, you lived here about as long as I have. Um, I don't think we have squatters in New. We did when I was in Milwaukee. Um, we did when I was near Seattle. A squatter is a person who finds an abandoned house and just sets up house there. You know, and by and large, uh, most people don't care. You know, it's almost best. It's almost better to have a house lived in than not lived in. For one thing, what's the thing that makes all the air in the house smell stale? And unflushed toilets. When you go away for a long time, and you have a neighbor come in to water your plants and take care of the dog or whatever. 
You're supposed to also have them flush all of your toilets. It circulates the water in the pipes and, you know, flush your if, if If ever you've learned anything in Bible class, today's the day. Okay. Uh, I was told that by a plumber who told me that. And so, <laughs> so, um, so, the Lord draws a conclusion. If he's driven out the demon, the poor man should have embraced his Savior. Um, I mean, how'd the demon get out in the first place? And now the demon comes back, and, and so what happens? And so it, what it does is it brings along seven other spirits, more evil than itself, I'm going to talk about that sentence, and they enter in and live there, so the last condition of that person becomes worse than the first. This is how it'll be for this evil generation too. The last condition will be worse than the first. Maybe it won't be a demon, but it'll certainly be that unbelief has not been replaced by faith. And Jesus has come, preached, shown them, essentially exorcised their unbelief. They've been baptized, these people, but they haven't replaced it with faith. What got driven out has been allowed to just sit there in a, what, did it, what was it, a clean, swept, empty house. So, um, so what you're saying is that this person uh -huh. was baptized and received the faith one time, but it didn't follow through with... Didn't follow through, yeah, well, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's a way of looking at it. I also want to point out that this is not a parable. There's nothing about this that's parabolic. Jesus is giving us, if it's not an actual historical uh, event, it's a typical event. This is what happens to people when they don't, when, 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 the, the, when, the, when the unbelief has been driven out, at least, they don't embrace faith. They, if they still reject Christ, then they've filled themselves with unbelief again. Peter talks about this as well. This is 2 Peter 2. And the whole theme of 2 Peter is false teachers. Remember that when you're reading 2 Peter. False teachers. They promise freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. Isn't that a simple but profound statement? A man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and overcome, that's what you were talking about, Yoko. They're worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. This is scary stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of an illustration from my children's childhood. Um, and the illustration that comes back is not from theirs, but from my childhood. When uh, 
My, uh, my dad and my grandfather sold the family farm and made a painting business. And, uh, and when I was a kid, my mom and my sister and me and others would run the store, run the cash register and sell wallpaper and glue and stuff to, and paintbrushes and things to people. And um, grandma would come in and, and she taught me how to mix paint, you know, how many Y of whatever color it is and stuff like that. And you mix the paint. And uh, grandma always would put a rag on the cover of the paint can and tap it down with a rubber mallet. That's how she would close the, the can of paint. But once in a while, Grandpa Frank would do it, and he would sometimes just put the cover back on, and then he would double-check the formula before he would tap the cover down. You know, did I get everything? Good system? Yeah, except then he'd put it on the shaker and turn the thing on, or he wouldn't crank the shaker all the way down hard. And there was a reason why the back wall of the paint store was this art project of spattered color everywhere. Boom! You know, it would just go. And, uh, and there was this pattern on the floor. I didn't understand it until the first time I saw it happen, where there was all this, all this paint color on the floor with outlines of shoes here and there. <laughs> the clean spot, you know. And... and, um, and uh, you know, if you don't learn your lesson, it's just going to get worse. You know, it'll just get worse and worse and worse. Nothing at all like when the store burned on July 3rd, 1983. And in the fire, we heard the cans exploding. Can after can after can of 265T uh, white... <laughs> White, interior white semi-gloss latex. Boof, 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 boof. You know, just the cans going as they overheated and blew. Um, was that ever an interesting day the next day to clean all that up? I spent most of it getting a tetanus shot because the first thing I did was step on a nail. Yeah. My grandparents almost died in that fire. The A, a new neighbor, the local um, uh, drugstore guy, was walking by and saw smoke billowing out of the sides of the building. My grandparents lived upstairs. Um, and he found my grandfather staggering on the outside stairway, dizzy, not knowing what was going on, and did a fireman's carry, took Grandpa down, went up and got Grandma, got Grandma down, went back up, and the bird was gone, the parakeet, you know, and so forth. But that's enough of the paint store fire. Another day, we'll talk more about that fire while he was still speaking to the crowd his oh professor deutschlander has kind of a funny line about this in his commentary um he says now everything goes terribly long wrong the relatives show up so jesus is in the middle of this discussion about demon possession with his congregation and his family turns up Ugh, you know um, so while he's speaking with the crowd, his mother and brothers happen to be standing outside wanting to talk to him. You know, Jesus. And someone said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside waiting to talk to you. Um, by the way, I, I'm, I'm going to pass by the question of Jesus' brothers and were they brothers or cousins. Uh, we're going to come up on that in chapter 13. I'm not going to talk about it now, okay?
Because if we talk about it every time it comes up, it's going to be a waste of time. So we'll talk about it when, it when their names actually show up later. But he replied to the one who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he reached out his hand toward his disciples and said, See, my mother, my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So Jesus, just, just quickly in your head, understand that Jesus is not um, rejecting his biological family. I mean, how much did Jesus love his mother Mary? I mean, as much as a son could love his mother, he takes care of her on the cross, you know, and, and so forth. And Jesus loved his mother um, and his brothers, um, these, these men who were with her. And, but his point isn't about them. His point is about the people listening to him. He's just been talking about demon possession and going to hell. And now what he says is, whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So instead of rejecting his family, what he's doing is he's including all of the rest in his family. Remember at the, as he's, he's carrying the cross through the streets of Jerusalem, the last thing he says before the crucifixion, how long, how, how I have longed to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. You know, this is what he's doing right here. So for Jesus, though, to look at you in the eye and say, there's my mother, that's a memorable moment. Um, notice, I just, just in passing, uh, he doesn't call any of his believers his father. Why? He's father in heaven, you know, so. And uh, uh, so... Are you guys okay with being called Jesus' brother instead of his father? I'm, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay with being Jesus' sister? All right. Rest of you ladies okay with being his mom? Yeah, it's okay. So, all right. Delightful, wonderful gospel. In, in how effective can you possibly be? Um, wonderful. We move into chapter 13. The... <laughs> The, in a half hour, the longest of the parables. So uh, uh, we should talk about what they actually are. The same day Jesus left the house and was sitting by the sea. What sea is this? Sea of Galilee. How big is the Sea of Galilee? Say it again. Pretty big, but like a big Minnesota lake. Smaller than Lake um, then uh, oh, in our, our the Wisconsin Lake uh, Lake Winnebago, smaller than Lake Winnebago, you know. That's smaller than like Lake They're they're similar, actually. I mean, you on a good day you could see across east to west, but probably not north to south, you know. So um, a little more than ten miles. And about five miles at the widest, you know, of the... It's kind of shaped, in my mind, like a kite. 
King David would have said a kithara or a, a harp, which is why it got its name. Lake Chinnereth is Lake Harp, Harp Lake. But it, to my mind, it looks a little bit like a diamond, you know, uh, roughly. But that's where he is. He's sitting by the lake, um, and a large crowd gathered around him. So he stepped into a strange pulpit, a boat. Um, we often think of a boat being lower than the shore. So why would a boat be a good pulpit? Well, a boat is sitting on the water. And anybody know about voices on the water? Carries a lot better across the water. Um, one of my favorite arguments, uh, positive arguments, about the faith of the unborn is what environment do they listen in? They're surrounded by water, by amniotic fluid, right? By her waters, as mother's waters. And sound travels very well. When my first child was born, Jonathan, I don't know how many of you know, he's the curly-haired one, Jonathan, my oldest. Um, my mother-in-law and my wife had voices so nearly identical that on the phone, and there were some comic moments of this, I couldn't always tell them apart. Okay? So, uh, but my son, my infant son, could tell them apart. Mama and Grandma. I, I, if I was looking at them, I could tell them apart, you know. But hearing their voices like over, over the phone or in the next room, not always. But, but my baby could, under, could knew Mama from Grandma. Uh, you know, um, so, uh, well, so Jesus steps into this unusual pulpit and sits down, which was the act of a rabbi about to explain and open the scriptures, sitting down. While all the people did what? Stood on the shore. I think I'm going to change the way that I preach. I will sit and you can stand. Yeah. You know what denomination does that? Greek Orthodox. They have aisles and aisles of basically railings. And the people stand there. They can lean on the railing if they need to or lean back on it. But they stand and the preacher sits and preaches. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Especially after a long weekend when, because usually by the end of second service, my hips are already on fire. I have problems with, I have my whole life. Not, it's not an adult thing, but as a kid, if I stood in one place for too long, my hips would start to burn. Um, and uh, it, it's the only thing that it was unpleasant for me about marching band was that very thing. Um, always had a problem with my hips that way, but let's go on. Let's get to the parable to get to Jesus and leave me behind. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.